Doesn't it feel like everywhere you look, you see an ad for a lawyer? Is everyone just suing everyone? Trip and I will get to the bottom of it with the hosts of Your Day in Court, Ray Judice and Bruce Hagan. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the marketing madman with Nick Constantino and Trip Job. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Nick Constantino here from the Battery. And, uh, you know, as it gets hotter and hotter this summer, I think uh, we're going to hit some topics to get hotter and hotter and uh, oh no did yes. you is that what we're starting with that's what we're starting oh. with man. man right now there is legal news all over the place oh and we've got um you know we've got two great friends of the station that i think people have heard and and um seen over the years and that is uh ray judice and bruce hagan are going to join us in a little bit um but you know i think uh you know Let's give lawyers some credit, and uh, God, we all probably think of all the lawyer advertising out there, but uh, it'll be something we can dive in a little bit to. How do they think about it? Yeah, because they've built brands, right, for, sure. for them for themselves, right? You know, and and their brands are not, uh, you know, slammed on a billboard somewhere out on an interstate. Yeah, that's not what they do. Yeah, let's let's preface this with two things. Number one, I was very close to being a lawyer. I did pretty well in my LSATs, had a finance yeah. degree, and was ready to go. Took my LSATs, finished to go. Ugh. Is that what I want to do? Didn't go to law school. Yeah. Number two, we'll save our thoughts about lawyers as a whole in the industry because I think one of the things that is they've gotten a really bad rep of what they do and ambulance chasers and all that stuff. And let's just put it they're a fundamental part of this society and you don't need one until you need one. And that's why they advertise. Nobody wants to be in a position in their lives where they need a lawyer, okay? Nobody wants to be young Nick who was thrown in jail for a night and didn't know to call yeah. a lawyer. Not like that happened. No one <laughs> wants to get in an accident where they need to call a lawyer because something really bad happened. But you know what? These are things out of your control. You but cannot I've got, control all these look, things. I've got friends that are small business owners that routinely ask me for advice on uh, business lawyers. Guess what? You know, they've got uh, might be a distributor and they've got a, you know, a bad, dis- a bad distributor yep. with a contract. And guess what? Their brand's the one that comes up because distributors rarely get sued. They yeah. go and after I, and the I brand. Don't think the business lawyers right. are who we're talking about that have the bad rap. I think it's right. the ambulance chaser, greasy sure. in court, though that and that that's a movie dis- depiction. But but look, when, when you're advertising, you're advertising. What has happened is is that the term ambulance chaser is just out there. They're on billboards because that's where people get yeah. into accidents. They're right. made it because that's where people crash. You need to be top of mind because there are so many of them. Guess. If you had oh. to guess. I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. How many attorneys, PI attorneys do you think there are in Atlanta that are registered? Oh, way too many. But Thou- I would say tens, ten, of, tens, tens of thousands, thousands of yeah. people out there. How do you compete and how do you stand out? And we're yeah. going to talk to Ray and Bruce about that a lot. We're also going to talk about AI because – my goodness, is there going to be litigation for the next 100 years about AI, like any new industry? But let's start a little bit with a quick briefer on how to stand out in a crowded marketplace. So it doesn't matter if you're a lawyer. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you're, you know, the other one is insurance. And let's just say in the, yeah, in the services space, all right? Because many of the services space is, um, you know, it, it's where you are st- having to stand out. Why are you different than someone else? Agreed. Not right? a product. There's not a product marketing here. You, you, you become the product. And I, is- think, I think number one to me is authenticity. Right. What whatever your personality is, however you go about and, and is to be authentic. All right. Yeah, and I'm sure make, Ray's going to mention this. He gives his freaking cell phone out since 1990. Yeah. Like, you can't be more authentic than giving your cell phone out. Exactly. You know, and there's some people who are just, you know what, they're a forward lean out front, you know, whether you want to call them the ambulance chasers or whatever. That's who they are. 
And that's probably the clients they go after. And there's certain people that want that. I want someone who is, you know, that bombastic maybe, yep. um, you know, defending me in that type of case. Yep. But if that's not your brand and that's not your personality and that's not what you're doing, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that's the way you want to promote yourself. Similarly, if you're talking about, uh, you know, financial advisors, there's some people who love to take risks, want to want to get their clients into the new things. There's a segment that is a risk taker in the investment community. Again, be authentic yeah. to who you are and your target audience. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say one of the things, phrases I hate the most in business. This is not because of Sheryl Sandberg, but lean into whatever you are. Yeah. I hate the words. I hate it. It's just so overused. But but look, if you're an ambulance chaser, lean in. Put pictures in those scenarios because yeah. otherwise people aren't going to know what you are or who you are. I mean, it, it, it's it's just it's just crazy. But when you think about, again, in these crowded marketplaces, what are some other things? So, you know, maybe go where the fish, where, where people aren't fishing. Like maybe yeah. everyone's on a billboard. Don't put your face on a billboard and think that you're going to get penetration. I would just think that's probably good. Yeah, no, I think I think there's a lot of times where you want to go opposite of where everyone else is. And that's, um, that's very important. And, you know, as long as, again, if your target audience is going to be there, right? If your target audience is not going to be, um, you know, in an uncrowded space, then don't waste the money, right? We see that from time to time. People hear of, uh, you know, the greatest idea of, um, you know, that they want to go, you know, oh, let's go promote, uh, you know, the airlines flying over the beach, right? You know, well, okay, that's great if it's something that is appropriate to a coastline, but if you're, um, you know, if you're promoting maybe um, wills and estates and things like not that, that's probably not, not the, the right place to do that. Not the time. Right? Not the time. <laughs> not the time. Not, not something to call attention to. You know, and again, I, that's why it makes sense, right? Billboards on the road, where are you likely to get into an accident? Like, it just it just makes sense. Like, I get it. But at yeah. the same time, you're, the same issue in um, insurance, it is the most expensive cost per click industry on the internet advertising is insurance, like State Farm, oh, Allstate, all these. The guys. hugest, they, you're the talking biggest budget, twenty dollars in these guys. Cost per click, billion first dollar off, advertising. First off, when is the first smart company going to come out and say we don't advertise and charge half the rates? Because that would catch on like wildfire. I don't right. understand to this day how they just don't don't advertise. You know, how quickly word of mouth would spread if your rates are in half and you just go. So I don't I don't get that part of it. Right. But it's time to go find another medium because Google is built to keep going higher and higher and higher. There's no end to it. The only end to the insanity is when one person pulls out of it to lower that. That's the problem with supply and demand. People will just keep following. The price will keep going up. Yeah. Well, and, and so advertising versus other means. So there are companies out there, and I would say a lot of them cater toward the higher wealth clientele. Um, but what they do is they only have their policies go through um, you know, insurance reps. So they, they pay a higher commission, much like the old, you know, securities days and sure. your investments. So sure. they I think Farmers not, is one off the top of my head. I don't think Farmers does a lot of regular advertising. They do a little, Travelers, but, but it doesn't matter. Travel, right. But uh, Cincinnati, uh, Pure, you know, some of those that tend to go to the higher. But guess what? They pay very premium commissions because, you know, it is an authentic one-to-one. You're probably going to have to sit down with the client multiple times. But there's an avenue for that. Do you you want customer service or price? And the older you get and the more money you have, the more you lean towards customer service usually. So Exactly. And and so they're paying, paying, you know, their SG&A is probably not too, too different. It's just it's coming around in a different way. Yeah, and again, yeah. we're going to go back to another always topic of know your brand, know who you are, which one of those do you fall under? Yeah. There, there's not 
look, there's not a reason why you can't be a price sensitive person that switches over to be customer service. You can't raise right. your prices. But what you can't do is decide one day you're going to wake up and price is going to be your sensitivity and then wake up the next day and be like, nope, we're going high end. Customer service is our yeah. sensitivity. It doesn't work that way. Well, and you, that's a great point of just switching back and forth. That's anytime you're a service and anytime you're, you know, you are the essentially the product, you're providing services. You know, if you start switching back and forth and appearing in different areas, different target markets that don't really add up, you're damaging your brand. Yeah. Right. That goes back against the authenticity that we yeah, talked about. And then about. the worst part is you're going to have to switch a third time because you switched once, right? And then you're all of a sudden you have to switch back now because you botched that one. Yeah. So it, it's just, yeah, and, and again, know, that if, whiplash is it's public. You, it, that's the thing. The internet domain is permanent. You're, you're going to always find that old persona. You can't wipe it. So if you're going to make that move, Make damn sure it's well thought out. Make right. Damn don't sure that don't you have a do plan. TikTok with uh, Nick and his Bud Rich dollars and then uh, come over here with uh, me and Tug and uh, some of the country guys and try to do a, a TikTok video with us. I mean, hey, it's just, the country you know, hip hop had its collaboration. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was well. there for a day or two. It's gone now, but it was there for it was there for a day or two. Yeah, and and, and look, as as a as a company that works a lot with attorneys, you know, they tend to be pretty smart people that don't take themselves too seriously. It's one of the big right. misconceptions I've ever had. These guys are goofballs, right? I'm not going to name them on air, but right. they're, they're goofballs. They they, they they know like the the bombastic, the way they have to be on commercial. That's not who they are. They're playing characters. They're personas. So huh. one, of the, one of the newest things, they're really starting to push into sports stadiums, into sports marketing. And I think it's sure. because no one was there. And once one goes, they all start going. But they're really starting to push into sports stadiums. Yeah, you're not going to see the specific ROI. But if you're the only attorney associated with the Hawks or the Braves or the Falcons, man, you don't think that's a whole audience that you're standing out to? Well, the other one I've, I've started to see it is in, um, you know, auditoriums and, uh, you know, the amphitheaters, you know, the concerts, yep. music concerts. You're starting to see some of them sponsored by certain, you know, law groups and the like. All, all of a sudden you got 15,000 people, you know, well, from let's, an evening. Let's call it what it is. Have you ever left a parking lot at one of those events? The, the chance of getting to an accident is very exactly. – Exactly. So, people are drinking. The chance – and, and sometimes and it's right just, top of mind. You've been there for three hours. There it is. Right? There so it is. very smart. You know, same thing with the sports stadium. So. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, and, and I think it's going to keep changing. I think that the programmatic advertising is the least personal form of advertising, and I think something about an attorney has to be personal. Like, you don't want somebody that is just a machine that is taking care of your case, especially when it has to do with injury and right. injury of you or your family. Like, that personality is going to always be there, so I don't think it's going to be one that's going to fight for cost-per-click leads, and if they do, that'll be bottom-of-the-funnel stuff. They're not going to have a brand. They're just paying dollars for it. So I think the industry is going to completely change. I'm excited to hear what Bruce and Ray have to say. They've had very different paths to how they become lawyers and what they do, um, but they've been long-term radio advertisers, so I'm stoked to see what they hear they have to say. Yeah, no, I think it's um, it will be interesting. I think uh, they're, they're two different personalities as well, which I think is a great way to look at it. You know, they're not exactly the same. But Which is why you got to listen to their show, Your Day in Court, on Extra 106.3 on 1 p.m. to hear that all in action. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's true. And, uh, you know, it's a good lead in when you want to listen to the Marketing Mad Men a little later Perfect. as well. So um, with that, uh, let's go ahead and uh, take a break and then we will dive into uh, to the lawyers. So you've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We'll be right back. Easy breezy. That was a little short. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. 
like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Nick Constantino here, and we are thrilled to have two of my favorite attorneys, um, Mr. Ray Judice and Mr. Bruce Hagan, hosts of Your Day in Court, also on Extra 106.3 at 1 p.m. Uh, guys, how we doing? Great. Say, yeah, great to be here, and, and uh, well, I appreciate the kind words. I have a feeling that the roster of your favorite attorneys is pretty small, so if we're just a couple of them, I mean, it's still, I'd rather be high up on the list, Absolutely. even if it's a list of only two. Are we talking attorneys I know marketing-wise, or attorneys I know because of previous mistakes in my life? Because those are very different Those are very different things. Uh, so let's rock and roll, guys. So uh, what I want to know, let's fast forward past becoming lawyers. I'm sure it was a tedious, horrible process, uh, but let's fast forward to how we got into radio and sports radio specifically and how this relationship started, because that'll segue into your show. We can talk a little bit about that. So, Ray, why don't you get us started? Talk about how you started getting involved with sports radio and, and 6A The Fan. Well, my my road was sort of circuitous. I uh, had a very good. You knew friend. he was going to use a big Sorry. word to start. You just, to you just knew Listen, it. You knew it had to come. Know, he graduated Emory <laughs> Law School. You know it had to come. Go on. Uh, I uh, had a, and still do have a very dear friendship with a, a high profile attorney who has a TV show. Her name is Nancy Grace, and boy, it was probably mid nineties, right after the O.J. Simpson trial, where Nancy got her own TV show. It was called uh, Cochran and Grace. It was with Johnny Cochran. OJ's lawyer. And unfortunately, uh, Johnny passed away very shortly thereafter of pancreatic cancer. And uh, so it became the Nancy Grace Court TV show out of New York City. Yep. And uh, a place that I'm a little familiar with. So I would fly up, I don't know, twice a, twice a month and do a couple of shows. And it was fun. I enjoyed it and, and saw friends and just made a trip out of it, really. But then CNN relocated her show and many of their new shows to right here in Atlanta. And I became a regular on, on the Nancy Grace Court TV show. I was every Tuesday night, live from 8 to 9, and it was replayed at 11 to 12, and it was then replayed from 1 to 2. And, and do me a favor, talk about that a little bit, because I have to imagine what that show was is different than what's on airing on TV today. I mean, oh, yeah. news was Absolutely. different, Absolutely. CNN was different. So yeah. just give you know 30 seconds. What was the pre precipice of the show? What was going on? What would a show be like? Yeah, well, Nancy would be the host, and she we would cover you know uh, a, a famous trial, uh, the gal down in Casey Anthony was took up about two years, and then there was the next Florida girl that murdered her baby, and so it was usually a high profile. You know what did the what did the white girl do? Got it. Because <laughs> the news cycle wasn't the same, so this right. hasn't made its way to permanent news cycle. These things weren't spread like a wildfire. Absolutely. So it was more offbeat stories. Yeah, but even even now, there's still there's always a high profile legal yeah. story worth talking about that people want to hear about, and and you know the long form uh, documentary right. now that didn't exist back then. Right. Yeah. People love that. So yeah. so there's always something. To yeah, talk the about. Sure. the young lady in Aruba that was For disappeared. Sure. 
So, so it would be myself or a number of prosecutors, maybe a former judge, sometime a law professor. She would have four or five guests. We'd all be in our little boxes on the, on the TV. Actually, we were in the same studio, but they made it look like we were all over the country. But, but they would, Nancy did a great job in her producers of bringing lawyers in from all over cool. the country, which is great because you got different perspectives cool. of how cases are tried. And, uh, you know, I, we get three segments of about three minutes each of being yelled at by Nancy and or cut, cut his mic off, cut his mic off, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I Everybody put a couple of hundred of those shows in the bank and it wound up I wound up doing other shows. So cool. so here for CBS 46, I covered a couple of trials getting up at five thirty six o'clock in the morning for the morning show. And and it expanded. And uh, one day w- with a different sports talk radio station that we refer to as Radio Korea, uh, two of their hosts were guests of Nancy's show to t- discuss the Michael Vick trial. And Got I, it. And I was there that night, and after the show, uh, one of us and the other host or the owner of the station went to the Palm and cut my first deal on a Palm restaurant. Guys, most good deals are cut. Yeah, has cut, and the next Friday... Hopefully it wasn't in blood. Hopefully uh, <laughs> it was with steak juice or something like that. Steak sauce. Red wine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I started doing, a, as I still do almost 20 years later, a 8.25 in the morning, Friday morning, end of the week, what would athletes do wrong this week, or covering big topics like the NFL concussion. Yeah. There's a little bit that I understood about it, or, you know, things that were topical, and of course, by Friday, whatever was hot on Monday is already, somebody's done yeah. something worse, you know. Right. And uh, and that's what started Sports Talk Radio. And then I mm-hmm. I harassed uh, David Dickey for years about giving me my own show, and he finally said, "Okay." Well, I know that game. I know that game. I'm harassing probably as long. My own show. <laughs> my own show. And now I say, "Oh, I've got to do this show." No, it's it's funny how that works, isn't it? And I imagine that, like Bruce said, with all the people murdering each other, uh, sports people screw up all the time, also. So oh. just between the league and the legality, I, I, I couldn't imagine the never ending. And look, you know, part of the what sports has done a good job of is rounding out the calendar so just because football ends in february does not mean that football ends it starts right to the draft right to this and then it's a high school kid getting in trouble i mean it's uh victor wamanyaya's guy slapping britney spears in the face has to become a news story it's well, crazy it's the off season where where the athletes do more bad than good during the season they tend to have to <laughs> they, they focus don't have time. a little bit right <laughs> yeah, that's called limited. that's called adam silver and roger goodell were watching wwf back in the day and that's let it right. make story lines right I'll make that yep. official statement right there. Yeah. All right, Bruce, how about you, brother? Yeah, so I didn't have the uh, the same TV background that Ray had, um, but, you know, I kind of started out, Ray and I started our law practices in a very similar way where, you know, we were on the street and trying to just kind of build up practices any way we can, little by little, and then, you know, we start achieving a little bit of success. You get a small amount of money in your pocket where you realize that, okay, I probably should devote some of this to trying to build my brand, and how am I going to do that? In my case, um, I knew um, the guy from Radio Korea, uh, which was 790 The Zone. We can say it. The station doesn't exist anymore. It's funny you're saying Radio Korea, but yeah, yeah. let's put the official name on it. And so, you know, Stake Shapiro, who uh, was one of the owners of the station and one of the voices on the station, um, he and I played basketball with each other. I knew knew him for years, and we just got to talking that that it essentially led to, why don't you try to um, 
do something with our station, see what works. So I, you know, tried some ads here. I voiced yeah. my own ads, did a few things. And right about then, um, they had a show that was just getting started called The Two Live Stews. And The Two Live Stews, in case anybody's not familiar, were two African-American brothers, uh, Doug and Ryan Stewart, who um, D- Doug uh, had an interesting voice. Ryan had a great voice, but was also a former professional football player with the Detroit Lions, had played at Georgia Tech. Um, and so they did a show that was essentially... Uh, vastly different than anything else you heard on Sports sure. Talk Radio. It, it was kind of a hip-hop show. It had music playing during Very the show. Very Atlanta. And at, at a time when nobody was doing anything like this. There was sure. nothing on ESPN like it. It, it. it was unique. And and in my practice, you know, my clients are not wealthy Atlantans who have to have a lot of money to uh, be able to hire a lawyer and pay sure. a big retainer. It's it's people who need a lawyer for whatever reason, and 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 Doug and Ryan were speaking to my clients, right? So so I met with with uh, Ryan initially and and spoke to him at length. Um, Ryan came to my office and you know kind of learned about my price and everything. He says, "You're a lawyer for the people. You're the people's lawyer." And and it's like this just. That's started it. and and it's like okay I kind of like that. And I so, got my and, catchphrase and so, now. What and so I I attached myself to their show and they attached themselves to me and I would come on the air with them and uh, the, you know they would promote me. Well, at the same time, their show took off. They became the national sports talk show of the year. They were featured in Sports Illustrated. It, it was an incredibly fast climb to the mountain of success and an equally fast uh, just fall works, right? right off that mountain. Fall from Grace. Uh, fall from Nancy Grace. Look at that. Yeah, we're just right. bringing it all together and, and here. So, and so, but that kind of you know got me exposed initially to several things. Number one was just you know, the, the power of branding more so even than advertising of just being connected with something. And, and I always felt like, you know, I, I, I wasn't somebody who was spreading my dollars across eight different stations. Sure. And I didn't have a, an advertising budget and a sure. media buyer. My wife was a media buyer. I didn't have a media buyer to sort of help sure. me plan. But out you found something just, that worked. You stuck that with it and you were consistent, which yeah. is actually the better consistent. message here. Exactly right. It was it was consistency. I can't point to too many examples where ad runs on the air phone rings 10 minutes later with somebody, I just heard your ad and I want you to be my lawyer. But over time, it was like, I know you. I know that guy. Or somebody else, because Ray and I, again, having sort of built up our practices from nothing, working out of the trunks of our cars, um, we got to know a lot of people. So so somebody recommends you, and then the, the person's recommending you to, to whoever needs a lawyer. It's like, oh, I've, it, I know that guy. I hear him on the radio. It's an extension of word-of-mouth advertising. Exactly. The, form of, the strongest form of advertising, word-of-mouth advertising. Exactly. Radio is, first of all, it was the natural social media before it existed because that was the influencers and all those things. And it is a, it causes natural word-of-mouth advertising. And the problem that we have is, is in the world we're in where we're so data-heavy and everything requires all this analysis, people are forgetting about that. And word-of-mouth is still the strongest form of advertising. Digital does not give you word-of-mouth advertising. Well, this is a system that it was built for the long term, and when you use it correctly, there's a lot of success to be you're had. You're 100% right. And I know Ray's uh, trying to jump in here, but I'm just going to say one more thing. Um, Ray and I are in the most competitive area of the the business world in general, which is being uh, being lawyers, right? And personal injury lawyers, in my case, in just particular. Just drive down the highway. It's the most competitive. Just drive down the highway. There, there, for, there are firms that you can rattle off the names. But they spend tens of millions of dollars on still on TV, now more so than ever on radio, because yep. when Ray and I started doing this, there we were, were the no lawyers on radio. Right. Yep. They, they were, there was like one DUI lawyer, one divorce lawyer, that was it, and it was us. Um, so now, you know, this station is crowded with personal injury lawyers. Um, but yeah, tens and tens of millions of dollars getting spent by lawyers. 
probably 15 years ago, lawyer advertising replaced local car dealerships as the number one spending um, advertiser on TV, radio, and newspaper. So, so how do we stand out in this field? And it's exactly what you're saying. It, it's, it's working the, the ground game one by one. And, and so having somebody who knows your name and knows your reputation and knows you is how we do it. The guys who are spending that money, I'm not saying they don't care if they do a good job for their clients, but it doesn't matter to them. Because yeah. their next client is not coming from a referral from somebody who said, oh, that guy on TV did such a great job for me, yeah. and, and he'll do a great job they're for me. They're far removed from the bootstrapping. Yeah. You guys kept the bootstrapping close to the vest, and remember that when you're interacting with clients and using the medium of radio, which is much more of a bootstrappy kind of method for, of advertising. Right. Um, guys in their trucks at work or driving to work, and, and that's one of the things that and Bruce raised the issue of consistency. That's why I've, for 20 years, been every Friday morning. Now, I've come on the show, you know, Buck Buck calls me every once in a while when, when some UGA athlete gets caught speeding or whatever. Yeah, quite yeah. often so these got, days. But, but it's 825 every Friday morning. I've had folks say it's appointment radio. I'm honored and flattered when folks say that. It is for me. But I appreciate that. But the other thing is I gave out my cell phone number on air 20 years ago, same number, and it changed everything. Because people could call me. 99% of the lawyer law firms you call, you get a receptionist, you get an answering service, you get put on pause, they'll call you back. And, and now it, it's been, you know, it's a pain in the neck sometimes, you know. But people are like, oh, you really answered your phone? I'm like, yeah, I really answer my phone. And I don't golf, I don't fish, and I don't hunt this is what I do. Now, now I'm, I've got a problem. You know, this is, this is my life, and, and this is all I really do. Uh, and I've, and I've, it's really blunt. I mean, I, I'm pretty straightforward about it. I don't, like, like Bruce, you had a great vacation out west. I, I, I couldn't do that much walking. I got tired looking at your pictures, you know. <laughs> but, but I gave out my cell number. And also, what Bruce and I do on our radio spots is not really a commercial. It's not even an infomercial. We're regular guys. We yeah. are regular guys. We're from working class sections of New York. Yeah. I mean, public school kids here, yeah. you know, uh, community college. I started that. Yeah. And, and Bruce, you know, same thing. Your dad was a working class lawyer. Uh, you know, he was a people's lawyer. I went to the University of Florida State School, which was yeah. $19 per credit hour at the time. It's not the same UF today that you have to be a genius to get into. They, if you could spell your name half right, you were in. So, right. Um, no, Ray, Ray, Ray's right. And um, the, the last part of the story um, as as the old station collapsed, um, and I made the transition to 680, and and I'm so grateful that I did, and I I connected to Chuck and Chernoff. Uh, I don't do the same approach that Ray does of having that same show, same slot, same yep. time. Um, I feel like in the big picture, because of consistency, I reach different people uh, who listen at different times of day and different days of the week. But but we do have a, like a running shtick uh, <laughs> where every single time I come on the air with Chuck and Chernoff, they cut me off before it gets to my ability to give any opinion on any sports topic. It's like, hey, I'll talk about the law, uh, and that's fine, but don't you want to hear my thoughts on the upcoming Falcons draft and you know, how they should Well, let me ask you thing? this question. Would you want to hear Chuck and Chernoff's take on a legal case? Oh, so, exactly. So that doesn't stop <laughs> them, though. Uh, yeah, right, right. It doesn't stop them. Of course, them. they're behind they, the microphone. They're behind man. the microphone. And so I tell them that all the time. Exactly. No, I don't want to hear what you have to say about the law. Leave that to me and Ray. Um, but yeah, you guys do need to hear what I have to say about, <laughs> about sports topics. So, but but the funny thing is, I have so many people who mm -hmm. tell me like, "How come they cut you off every time? <laughs> Maybe you should get a different phone." And, and, and look, I, the, the important point here is: first of all, you're talking about content integration. Right. The, be, the, the nowadays, especially if you are advertising to advertise, you are going to lose. You need to match the content with 
with who you're going after. The other thing is, is that you have to expect one to hear no. You can't just walk to a radio station, TV station, and be like, I want to be on air because the good ones will tell you no. Anyone that lets you, you shouldn't be on air anyway because ultimately you could be really bad. The other side is that consistency. Don't expect to see results right away. Months, years, but once you start seeing them, if you stop doing it tomorrow, people would still mention that to you for five years after the No, you're all right. I, I used to, as a separate thing, uh, because again, going back to knowing Steak Shapiro, he had a side business, Atlanta Eats, sure. which had a TV show. And Atlanta I, Eats. And I did uh, a segment on Atlanta Eats TV called um, Dining Debates with the People's Lawyer. And Steak and I would go on and we'd spend 50 seconds to a minute, you know, debating some really critical issue like what's the ideal order at a deli? Is it roast beef or pastrami? You know, or whatever it is. Now, nobody ever came to me and said, you know, I heard you advocate on behalf of pastrami and I'd love for you to handle the wrongful death case. The, the king of spouse. peppered meats, by the way. <laughs> sure. Well, we know this. Uh, but, but at the same time, you know, There's no pastrami get, advocacy so group here. Tra- tra- uh, traction for that, yeah. and 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 you know, it's, it's like, oh, I saw you on TV, and years later, I still hear it. I I, I saw you on TV, so it's it's funny how things work out. I do Love believe it. it's it's the accumulation of all these little things we do. For sure, um, you know, I go on the news a lot to just. T- talk about topics and if somebody calls me from a TV station you know there's an issue with parking at the airport do you want to talk about it yeah I'm available well just tell me when right I picked up a fair amount of time with Randy Travis and at the I team who's done a couple stories yeah. that I've, I've talked about things you know and they all kind of this thing this stuff all comes together well you get well, your notoriety you have your consistency you become a resource for people but, and here's the other thing you learn from doing this after a while how to hit your mark yeah. Whether it's on TV and usually quickly taking clues from the host about wrapping it up or getting, you know, I have I have a problem. I like to use Latin words a lot, and I like to quote, you know, Einstein and things like that. And wave and, your hands and, violently and, and, while and you're I'm doing it. So yeah. my hands are moving. Of course, yeah. but but I can bring. And I did Nancy Grace's Fox TV or Fox streaming show two mornings ago with a 15 minute warm up about the uh, the homicide down in South Georgia where the three kids went to egg somebody's house and he came out and he got shot and killed, and because she knows. I can do it. You know, I won't screw it up. I won't curse on air. And that's practice, too, <laughs> right? Know, yeah. reps, it's practice. I'm not going to scratch reps and pick my nose on live television. I've, you know, as soon as I get off air, of course, we're scratching <laughs> everywhere we can. But you don't understand. One so. thing that was most helpful to me, I ended up working on the NFL concussion case that you mentioned earlier, uh, and we represented something like 500 clients in that case. And uh, because we got in so early in the um, representation, uh, I got put on one of the leadership committees that was specifically the media and public relations committee. So we worked really closely with a PR team on crafting messages for the athletes to put out, um, for the leadership team of the case to put out, and and it helped me to understand how that process works, how uh, to manage the, how meticulous you have to be oh, nowadays yeah. with the words and how carefully selected and vetted those words are in a PR case nowadays is insane because no matter what you're saying the wrong thing, right. there's no right thing to and, say. And anymore. I mess it up still, but I, I think I mess it up a lot less than I would have otherwise sure. uh, just because of that. Yeah. No, I love it. And I think one of the, the great things about mass media that's forgotten about is this exactly what we're talking about. It, ta- as, it takes a long time to build that reputation. But once you have it, it doesn't just fall off the face of it. Even if no. you stopped, it would take years to stop. One of the things about digital advertising, it is so based on what you were spending at that moment and how that funnel is turned on. When you shut it off, it falls off a cliff. So it's amazing that the, the funnels actually, the, the pathways actually, they're the opposite of each other. Digital starts right away, but eventually really starts to slow or diminish as to where radio and media starts to go up slowly. 
slowly and then consistently, you know, eventually it'll taper off, but you're always going upward and then you're consistently saying, even after you advertise. Um, so, so what you're saying is we should, Ray and I should spend less on our radio <laughs> advertising because we've already gotten there to the top and, and now we'll get the same benefit without having to spend that kind well, of money. Well, of course. You're the if question. I was a regular radio station, the answer would be yes, but I'm so vindictive that I just find people to replace you. So the try it, I dare you. Try it, I dare you. The question I get is, how much do they pay me? <laughs> right, right. Here. And, well, I, and I usually well, say, that's David, a wash. You know I say, it's a wash. If you know David, we get, we get value from this. Oh, but, no question. But, um, I do have a lot of lawyers who will ask me whether they should advertise on radio and yeah. what I think about it. And I'll tell them quite honestly, it's like, I don't think you should unless you're committed to committed. doing this for a period of years. And, yeah. and, and if you think you're just going to come on for three months and have a budget and throw some ads out there, it's like, yeah, you know, you might get something out of it. But the reality is if, if you, you're probably just going to disappear and you're throwing money away unless you are committed to something long term, to something consistent, because radio it just doesn't work that way yeah. where, where um, you, you know, it's that immediate response. But and also least, our product is different. We're not we're not we don't have an. A, extra inventory of F-150 trucks that I've got to get that's iron off the lot over the next 90 days and I can do a mass 90-day right. ad. It's right. not. I've got to build a brand, name recognition, voice recognition. I can't begin to tell you how many times I've been in an Uber or, or out at dinner and someone to say, I recognize your voice. Aren't you that guy? You know. Or Now, when I had redder, much redder hair and I was doing TV, people would say, hey, aren't you that guy that, that guy. Nancy yells at? You know. So it's about crafting an image. And I chose long ago to try to be moderate. I, I didn't want to be the finger-pointing, table-pounding, crazy criminal defense lawyer that, you know, everybody's not guilty. And I, I don't do that on air. I don't do that in my practice. It's too bad because I would love to see you with a curly red ponytail. <laughs> but that being said, that's a, that's a harder thing to do, right? The easiest thing to do is just smash your hands and yell, be to one extreme. We live in the extremes now. Being in the middle there's takes no, longer. There's to no question work. about it. And and you have to you have to educate clients that look, this is the right approach. The reason that you're in trouble is that you lost control. <laughs> you yeah. you didn't control your emotions or your judgment. And you didn't approach whatever you got in yourself into in a logical, methodical, prepared I know manner. That story. And that's what that's what you're paying me to do. <laughs> For so, sure. You know. Yeah, I, I love it. I think the natural segue into why radio works, and I appreciate it, fellas. Talk about your show. Talk about a day in court. Um, we got about three minutes. Just just give us the rundown of what it is, why you like doing it, and what it's done for you guys. In the oh, careers. it's 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 such a fun project for us. And and um, Ray and I um, work with Tug Cowart, who is just a great point man. He, Tug Tug comes up with some interesting ideas for the show and topics of conversation. He keeps us on track because, in case you haven't noticed, Ray and I have no trouble just talking. <laughs> uh, so he keeps. That's he, why I wrote notes here. If the three of us just went off the cuff this would have been a weird show yeah you know <laughs> a run-on so, sentence of craziness <laughs> so it's been great and uh you know we try to get together on a weekly basis but unfortunately ray and i both are active trial lawyers and our schedules don't always allow for that uh, but we come up with either something that's relevant to a specific interesting topic of the day for example right now there's just been um an announcement that a grand jury has been selected in fulton county jury to decide whether to indict former president trump that's an interesting topic for today might not be an interesting topic a year right. from now but still or, relevant to where we are to relative to where to we're the at station today. multiple things and then the second part of it that we do is we try to come up with things that will always be evergreen uh, interesting yeah. that yeah that, that uh, you know what sort of 
automobile insurance yeah. do I need? How do I avoid uh, liability for X, Y, or Z? Yeah. You know, things that are just really useful and practical for, for listeners. Sort of a one-on-one. It's a, and it's a good balance. Because yeah. remember, these all go out as podcasts also. One of the hardest times I have is different speaking to a radio audience and, and converting and making a podcast audience because you need that evergreen. Radio lives in the topical, and then podcasts live in the evergreen you want it to go. So I, I'm in a similar boat as far as how do you walk that line of what's relevant now, but what's going to be something that's relevant in the future can be listened to in, in succession. And at some point, you know, Ray and I may turn our attention to thinking like, hey, there may be a way to actually do this and monetize it. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to be the next Smartless podcast and get $80 million to sell our rights, but somebody may want to pay for this. Yeah. yeah, and it's fun, and I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and and I just compliments again to Tug Coward does a great job, and also to Bruce. And and I people ask me how do we put this show together? And I say same thing. Tug is always ready. He's prepared. He does all this procedural stuff. Bruce has done research. He thinks he thinks about things all the time. Legal weighty legal issues, and I just take pot shots. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's really how you need it. Works. Though. I mean, it's that's, no that's different my role. Than radio. That's my role. You, you mentioned know? the two students. <laughs> one, one was the sports I'm, guy. I'm the Gracie Allen of this relationship. Ray, Ray just sits back, and when all else fails, he quotes Winston Churchill. There you go. <laughs> Let's call it the color analyst. Yeah. The red, the red color analyst. We'll throw that in there. Well, guys, this has been awesome. Uh, this is the end of this segment. Uh, you're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. We're with Bruce Hagen and Ray Judice, and we're going to have a conversation about AI now. So the way to frame this, the way I look at this, there are two parts missing in the AI conversation right now. One is AI is all about inputs. If you want your organization to use AI, you better damn have good inputs as to what's going into it. Because all it's doing is taking that information, regurgitating it, repositioning it, and spitting it out as an output. So a lot of these companies that want to get into it are doing it without any set inputs. On the other side of that inputs are who is actually creating the information that is being input into this artificial system. So the big debate now in uh, programmatic advertising is open internet. Uh, the trade desk is leading it, and whenever you do ads, they want it to be the open internet where everyone can find information everywhere and it's going back and forth. I have a feeling that the advent of AI is going to screw that up because a lot of these companies, Reddit is a great example, that have all this information out there that was put out for free. AI is now, in theory, charging people to regurgitate that, that information a different way. So my question for you guys is, how does the intellectual property laws work? Are they going to close off 
that information to AI? Do we have lawsuits coming? Where do you see this going? And I, I know there's been a couple of cases in the past couple of days that have popped up. Where do you see this going? Because I have a feeling that this road is just starting to be paved and it's going to get really, really messy. I think you're right. And um, lawsuits have been filed. And, and one of the big issues is copyright infringement. You know, somebody puts a Reddit post out there that's not necessarily copyrighted material, right? They're just throwing something out there in the public domain. Um, just like if you put something on Facebook, it's but not, Reddit it's, wasn't monetizing it, so in theory that's okay. But now AI sure. is being paid to use that information. So, so, so here's here's um, Sarah Silverman who filed a yep. lawsuit recently against uh, the love her by the way Meta and ChatGPT. I think she's hysterical, um, but she um, basically said, "Look, I wrote a book. This is my copyrighted material. I, I make money selling this book, and you have programmed your uh, artificial intelligence to pull quotes out of my book." And regurgitate them for your own sake, and make and you're money, charging people and make to do money so, right? doing it, and and that's just as blatant an example of copyright infringement as you're going to have. And so she's been joined by a couple of other authors who've done the same thing, and and that's an area where the producers of this AI content are exposed, I think, to harm, uh, and and they're doing something illegal, so they should be. Um, is there a way for them to license copyrighted material? Of course there is, and that that may be. But can the you answer. can you do that? Backwards. Can you do? Can you go backwards and copyright that material because it's already out there? Once it's you know, on the internet, we, in theory, it's there. We've seen it in the music business. Um, y you know, initially you had um, music being stolen from artists and just put out there, and, and somebody could go and get that to it from a subscription service. Well, now the artists receive a fraction of a penny. Right. You know, every time somebody listens to it, but those fractions of pennies can add up over time if, if enough people are interested in it. There's no reason the same thing can't happen with copyrighted written material or protected intellectual property that's being pirated essentially by these entities. But isn't it such a vast amount of information? Like in theory, every show that we create, that you create, is now intellectual property that someone can scour to use. Isn't isn't the trail too long to do that to everything? Or will it only be certain forms of when you're talking multi-million people using said data? I think it'll be selectively enforced. You know, the, the producers of Seinfeld, um, if, if AI starts, you know, doing yada, yada, yada when they can't fill in the blanks on something, they say that, hey, we came up with yada, 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 and you owe us money. And here's how we that. prove that we came yeah, up with and, it. And, and, it's and, documented, at least. It's sure, there. It's dated. It's documented. Correct. And and so um, it, it may be a case-by-case -case basis initially, but, uh, you know, and, and I hate to say it because I know uh, Ray and I differ on the uh, role of government in certain things, uh, but it may require some government regulation to step in here and, and rein this oh, in. Oh, shoot. If the government's involved, they're going to screw it up well, even worse I than know, the public you know, sector this would. This is going to air on 106.3, and so you know, you secessionists that are in the audience may disagree with it, but this may be an area that's ripe for federal they botched, regulation. They botched, they botched regulating social media so bad, I don't think they're going to regulate Jimmy. Mm -hmm. That's my only thing. I, I lean on the same political side as you, and my concern is they botched how they regulate social media so poorly. How the hell are they going to figure out ChatGPT? Oh, yeah. I, I love watching the you know these congressional hearings, and you've got these octogenarian senators reading a question on an index oh, card. That Warren some, Hatch was the that, best that reading that about their, their social best media. Son, who's an intern, <laughs> yeah. crafted some question, and you know they don't know how to use this. They're using the AARP phone. Okay, <laughs> I mean these are, these people are. You know. With a thing on their wrist, yeah. they yeah. 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 this, this, this from the guy who turned sixty-five years old today, today. is talking about today. ARP phone. He's today. He's, he's today. I Medicare. didn't say he didn't have his membership in his card ready he's to go. Medicare enrolled as of hey, today. I've been paying since seventy-four. I get that printout. I want my government benefits. But but you know they're they're ill prepared, and by the time they get around to regulating it, the technology is going to be five folds different. I mean already. I mean it's it's happening so quickly. 
uh, and, and just and then the, and it's the early adoption. Uh, take a look at what is it called? Uh, threads that yeah, uh, Faith, that Meta, Meta put, put out. out. I mean, I've got a hundred million subscribers already. I mean, it's unbelievable. And and they're, you know, so all of their Instagram and Facebook content is now going over to Threads, and and so it's it, there's just so many interesting legal issues. But I think at the common core of of the question is, it's just like you can't steal. Shakespeare, well, Shakespeare, yes, but you know public anything domain, that's right. and if it's in a public domain, it's a, otherwise it's protected. Yeah, but and where do you think these property. intellectual property rights come from? Where do we have copyright laws and trademark laws? This is federal law, right? And and so you can say that hey, they, yeah, but we didn't understand same, what television was when right. television oh, started out. Sure, I understand. It, well, that's kind of what I'm saying. It, it, we don't we need all that much new regulation. We just need the the existing regulation that governed writing, music, TV to be updated. To catch up to the technology, but but the the core elements are the same. You, they can't steal Sarah Silverman's. Right, it's, book. it's still right. the same it, law it, it, that you're violating. Yeah, yeah. The same, same precedent you're violating. Right. Do we think that it's going to be different because someone as big as Microsoft is involved? Because this is always my concern, right? So Microsoft was the early. They they bought into ChatGPT early. It's already made them the most valuable company in the world because of that single investment. I was listening to a podcast actually with Satya Nadala, who's the CEO, and they pretty much asked him. They go, "Do you feel stupid that you had a hundred people trying to come up with this and three guys beat you?" And he goes. No, because we bought it. Why would I feel stupid? <laughs> so with someone as big as Microsoft involved, does that money the waters also? The lobbying efforts that they could put forth to stop regulation, you, how, how does this play out? You, you, you're you asking a question that is I know the answer to. itself. So, <laughs> so let's, let's, let's kind of move on. I mean, there, I'll, I'll give you an example of how corruptible this is. Um, there was a legal case recently where a lawyer submitted a brief to the court. And lawyers have duties to, that, that, you know, you can't deceive a court. You can't mislead a court, right? You're, you're supposed to be forthcoming and, and put accurate information in front of the court. You'd be disbarred this, if not, this right? This lawyer wrote a brief using one of these AI, I don't know if it was ChatGPT, yep. I think it was. And, and ChatGPT not having the information that it should have, the input, right? You junk in, junk out, just filled in the blanks on its own. It's like Jurassic Park filling in the, you know, the DNA sequence on its own. It just filled it in by creating case law that didn't exist and creating citations that looked proper because they were written out in the proper form. It knew how to do that. It knew how to have the case name underlined, have a V in right, the middle the robots, of it. Right, the robot and, stuff. And, and have, it knew how to know, do the robotics numbers and references to... Right. to um, books that you would look in to look up those. So it, those cited, it, it cited it correctly. It cited it cited. It formatted, right. it formatted but, the citation. But when you correctly. then go and look up that citation to see what is the case that is being referenced here, so I can read it to see if it really applies here. There was no case. It didn't exist. It just made stuff up. And and so you know that's yet another problem that exists here. Well, this lawyer his mistake beyond just being lazy to have ChatGPT create a legal brief for him, he didn't look up the cases then to see, is this real? What do they say? And that's, they that's where they him? obligate. And, the and that's where he's got in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not only with the court, but he billed a client for doing research that he didn't do. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's been they, happening since the dawn. They're, they're shipping no, everything that's not to all. Palestine these yeah, days. And it, they're it. shipping stuff all over the world now, and they're <laughs> saying lawyers. that it's done here. And yeah, I, look... This one could have been a 55-minute episode in itself, but the point is- We can come this back. Is, this is, yeah. We're going to come back. That, this is going to be an ongoing thing, and I think as far as when you think about your marketing, these are things to think about, right? What are you putting out on the internet? Is it your intellectual property? What are you doing to protect it? Are you scouring to steal other people's intellectual property? Most things these days in marketing are just being regurgitated and rethought of. How are you protecting yourself? The bigger the company is, the more pressing this is to do now, and how are you using AI to your advantage? So yeah, it's a copycat league. 
I mean, you know, you you see the you see the transformation of the billboards over the generations and you see that how that TV ads have changed. I mean, I go back to Paul C. Parker, personal injury and bankruptcy protection. You know, he was right. Paul was the first. It it starts in it and then he kicks it into high gear, just like the adoption of this stuff. So uh, lots, a lot, a lot of here, a lot, lot to cover. um, And I'm sure we'll be back on this topic. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, And you've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.